0: back to the School of Humanity. This is Jason and Rachel Bowman. We're glad to be back with you. And today we want to talk about.
1: Episode 30. Correct. <laughs> you were going to forget. You're right. We, had to, we have to postmark it.
0: That's true. Thank you for the, for the fill in there. No problem. We want to talk about monotony uh, in this episode. I'm sure many of you that are listening right now can relate to or have felt the concept that life is not supposed to be boring or heavy or uh, meaningless. Um, You know, I'm thinking about people who wake up and life is already a burden. They don't want to get out of bed, right? You know, it takes all their effort to go and make breakfast and they're facing their day which is work that they don't want to go do and people at work that drive them crazy and all these responsibilities and so life is like this big heavy like burden that they don't want to deal with and I think that at one point or another probably all of us have been in that mode of existing, really, and that's really all it is. It's not living. It's just like going through the motions, uh, fake it to make it kind of of uh, a mode. And, you know, this is the school of humanity, so we got to talk about this, because that certainly is not man fully alive. That is not the life of a Christian.
1: So I just imagined you, us just replaying that same clip over and over again. <laughs> Tonight we would like to talk about... Monotony. Monotony. <laughs> and then it just keeps looping. <laughs> you think, I mean, they, everybody figured that out pretty quickly, right? Or that is pretty incredible. Very Groundhog Day-ish. <laughs> Great movie. Sorry. Continue. Um, I've never had that, by the way. I'm just kidding. I've totally oh, really? had that. Yeah.
0: Life is always roses. So. Okay.
1: Yeah, right now I wait in a, in a car line every day for probably like a good, good two hours of my <laughs> life every day. Lots of monotony.
0: So, I mean, the question is, is there a grand scheme uh, to monotony? You know, when the Lord created this, created us and created this world, um, we know that re- in reality, um, Christ is always already present in every reality, every situation at all times. Um so why do we get to this point where we feel like things are just monotonous and, you know, not mm. worth living, you know? Because our coffee's g- not strong enough. <laughs> How did we get here?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: There's this awesome uh, book that uh, I started reading. It's... Um, collections of the transcripts from the radio or the show that um it wasn't radio show tv show that fulton sheen used to do um and it was actually called life is worth living
0: that is a fantastic read i hear Um, he looks like he like
1: defunct from the mafia and became a priest
0: (laughs) all the best ones are (laughs) (laughs) that's true um that's why it's in rome (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and
1: yeah. Uh, but he, he talks a lot about in, in his initial show about life is worth living, about the fact that there's gotta be an end goal. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean if life doesn't have purpose, if you're not striving towards I would say someone, not just something, but someone then uh life is hard.
1: Right. I mean And in in that aspect, everything that you do has to surround that. It can't be just something that, you know, well, Mondays, that's my goal, and Tuesdays are for laziness. Right. I know that's what usually works in your life, Jason, but for the rest of us, I think there has to be a goal most, I mean, all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm my own goal, so it's easy.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm glad we're finally letting the people see what it's really like.
0: Um, (laughs) No, but I'm reminded of um, of the when the Lord said, um, "Come to me, you know, all you who are labored and burdened, I'll give you rest." You know, and take on my yoke, which for a long time I didn't know what yoke was. Um, You're like,
1: what's weird? We're talking about (laughs) eggs right now. (laughs) We're talking about how troubled my life is, and you want to make scrambled eggs. It's one one of those
0: moments in mass where I'm like. Huh, wow, I'm I'm an adult and I just realized after all these <laughs> years. <laughs>
1: that's why you said that in math the other day. <laughs> mm, I got it. <laughs>
0: wow. Uh but it's a beautiful image it actually. Is the egg uh, yolk? No, no. No, that <laughs> that's a Rachel image and um
1: and brilliant. But for him to to call you into um Sorry, my computer's making weird noises. Um, but for him to call you out of your your burdens.
0: Right. So I'm going to make a theological statement now.
1: Oh, gosh. Hold on. Let me get my pillow. I'm totally just kidding. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Well, first, I want to witness to the fact that I think that for the first, well, for a while, I will say a period of my life, I definitely lived for my own, for uh, like selfishly, you know. Um, and in my in my experience, you know, after having an encounter with with God um, in college, it was like that burden that I had carried that was so heavy for so long. All of a sudden, almost instantaneously, it doesn't happen instantaneously, but you catch a glimpse of it, and so in that instance, um, your burden is 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 like taken from you, and you just weep at uh, at the freedom that ensues whenever that falls away, and that and in the way I see that um, is that it's like a turning for a long time I had turned in on myself, you know what I mean? Right. I was my goal, you know, and when, when selfish things are your goal, it's not fulfilling because we're made for the infinite, you know, and uh, all of these selfish, uh, this selfish mode of living, um, it only brings heaviness because you're not God, you know? And so you can't fulfill your own heart with your own selfishness, your own self, you know. Um, I get that, I always think of that image of of, uh, Satan, you know, frozen in hell uh, up to his waist in Dante's Inferno where he's frozen up to his waist and just like, you know, his elbows are on the ice and he's just like so heavy thinking about himself all the time, you know. Um, And he
1: flaps his wings in frustration. Yeah. And he creates all of the different levels of hell and doesn't know it.
0: Right. And just makes it even colder and he gets more and more stuck. Um, Right. um, Son of a. So. I mean, that's totally our
1: lives. You know, we like wrap ourselves up in these chains and we get all frustrated and we (laughs) flail about and we just get more tangled and tangled into (laughs) it. I mean, not me per se, but I've, I've heard that that's what people do
0: <laughs> right well we we knew that Rachel everyone listening already <laughs> knows that they've learned that I think they learned that the first episode but um, oh my goodness but
1: um, okay so for me I mean I guess if I were a person which I am um, but I would struggle with that you know <laughs> yeah. life lacking an ideal um, or a goal uh, I, I was talking with someone the other day, um, my best friend from high school would attest to this, Teresa. I don't think she listens, but, uh, but I, I know that frequently when we were growing up and I would tell her things like, you know, when I was working as this and I finally she just turned to me and was like, how many jobs have you had? <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't know <laughs> a lot. So I worked at a hungry Howie's. I think these might be things that you don't even know. I think I worked at I worked at Hungry Howie's for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I delivered newspapers once, and that was really rough. I was like getting up at like, uh, like twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning every night, and um,
0: this was when you were in Alturas.
1: I'm not sure. I think it was in Barta, because that's a big difference. But anyway, I was wrapping up the newspapers, and you had to put them in the plastic sleeve yourself. I mean, what kind of world was I living in? You know what I mean? I know. Delivered it's newspapers. Hard times. It was hard times. Worked at a chamber of commerce. Um, that's where I got to know what it means when people say say that today's chamber weather. So weird. <laughs> Have you ever heard anybody use that, nope. that term? Nope, it you just lost means me that the weather is perfect, you know, I don't know um,
0: oh okay, yeah, yeah,
1: and I work' you're gonna do a ribbon cutting and or so something, it's something i guess you know, okay. i don't know um s p c a right worked at the s p c a um I also wrote for a local newspaper for a while. hmm I've worked as a copywriter before. I was a waitress, I was a restaurant manager
0: you're I mean, I think you have a problem.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I really think uh, there was also a point, like, when I first met Jason, and I just really liked um, medical things when I met him, and I knew that I've always, I mean, I'm smart, duh, and so I was like, I could do this medicine thing, so I did take a few classes, which, in hindsight, the Lord probably did that, so that I could have conversations with you that weren't completely, I was looking at you like, I have no idea what you're saying. Great. So I took some <laughs> anatomy and physiology. Um, but a big part of all that was just a lack of direction, you know, of really knowing what my desires were. In right. Oh, I was a teacher. forgot about that teacher. Good yeah. Times. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think that. I mean, there's a time when you're just trying to, like, find yourself, you know, but at the same time, that's not you're not really looking for yourself.
0: Yeah. It depends on how you define yourself. You know this what is I
1: mean. When Moana needs to come in and sing her song. Right. You know, the call wasn't out there at all.
0: It was inside you.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this beautiful line from um, that transcript from Fulton Sheen, but he just says that you know a lot of times if we lack an ideal, we become obsessed with motion. So instead of progressing towards an ideal, we just change the ideal and we call it progress. Yeah, yeah. How about that? That was a bit of a mic drop. He probably could have stopped right then. They didn't have mic drops back then, so I don't think.
0: Right. That that would have worked, but
1: uh, <laughs> it was.
0: It would have been he, like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. You just, <laughs> you dropped, just your dropped your mic.
1: Your <laughs> <laughs> Please start <up> at <laughs> first.
0: Did you have a stroke, or what? What just happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> but he, you know, that was just, that's, that's it. That's a, a, what a lot of people do these days is that instead of, if you have nothing to work towards, then you just become obsessed with changing and you think that that's, you know, you
0: work right. towards something. Right. And it's always going to be more and more money, more and more prestige, more and more. Power over something, right? You know,
1: so you find uh, that those things don't sustain you. So,
0: right. Um,
1: so, let's say you have an encounter with God, you obtain that.
0: Yeah. So when, and uh, you know, I was falling into all those things because you know, when you're growing up, your parents want the best things for you. They want you to go to college, right? They want you to right. be smart and quote successful, and and so already your hermeneutic is skewed. Two point five to. children. Right. White yeah. picket fence. Yeah. One I dog, mean, one cat. Yep. Maybe the a American fish. dream, you know? And so you're already in that mode and that's that, the Asian dream. That is your
1: uh Sorry. I'm just I'm very confused by that whole language. Anyway, continue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is your your goal. And so um when you realize like that doesn't make you happy. Right. Um even if you achieve all those things and you get there and you're like, well, I'm supposed to be happy now, and then you're not, you know, what a sad day it is. And,
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry.
1: Um, I just imagine how many parents probably have that same thought when they get to Disney World. I'm supposed to be happy now. This kind of sucks. <laughs> As they're waiting in their last line for like an That's hour a and a half.
0: That's a whole other conversation. <laughs>
1: I mean, it could apply to this this theological reference in that you build yourself up to this this reality, a false reality of whatever they put in the Disney World commercials who are their all geniuses, right. obviously. Um, and everyone looks super excited. And also, in all of those Disney World commercials, there's virtually no one else in the park except for the people that are in the commercial. I don't thats because you aware. have to rent it out.
0: no. <laughs> It's for the millionaires.
1: Like that $300 <laughs> carriage thing we saw the other day. But um, but you build yourself up to this ideal and then you get there and no one told you that there were going to be like 5,000 other people that had also right. built up this ideal and none of your ideals work together and you're just frustrated standing in a line with a child that's tugging on your pants and you're super sweaty and you wish that you would have gone to the bathroom and everybody else went to the bathroom and right. now you're just standing in line forever. Right. That's never happened to us. We need a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's... that's. See, I did good. I brought it around full circle. And everyone's confused. Um.
0: <laughs> so, but as for me, I mean, for me personally, even as a young child, like going to mass and stuff, um, I mean, you're kind of scandalized by this sort of distance between... What you hear at Mass, and then what you see um, people living for, you know, not living that out. And then just the innate presence of God in, in you, where you realize, you know, I, none of these things I know, I knew that none of those things were really going to make me happy. Because right. in the end, I don't, you know, my heart at least didn't, does not desire, you know, notoriety or, or, um, you know, a ton of money and all those things. I mean, I grew up in a good household with parents that loved me, and I knew that that was where happiness was to be found. Right. Um. So, you know, when I got into college and I tried to give that whole, like, worldly view a shot, it just left me empty. Uh, and then when I, you know... F- had that encounter with Christ at that time, and I remembered him who loved me always you know uh and infinitely, and I encountered a love like that and some someone who I could give myself completely to, and it would never be ending- you know it would be never ending um then your heart just is at such peace, and the burden becomes light because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to become anything. You already are, you know, beloved. And so now in that freedom, you can choose to do whatever you want to do. And that was the first time that I'd ever done anything really for myself, like, or started making decisions uh, from a truly authentically uh, free place where it's like, you know, what I do with my life, it it only matters in as much as... um, whatever brings me to love him more and and um, bring others to know his love as well. Because after that kind of encounter, you realize that only God's love fulfills you. Um, and so um, to wrap it back around to monotony, I think that that is why... Um, You know, quote monotony is found uh, around us. You know, or or um, things that repeat. Right. But and so for the person who is fully alive, seeking Christ, nothing is monotonous anymore. Really. Right. Every single moment is an opportunity to encounter the God who is already, um, always, already present there right. in that moment. So even right now, wherever you are right now, sitting on your couch or in your car, Christ is there, and he's waiting and longing for you to recognize his presence and speak to him. And I think
1: that monotony, too, allows you to simplify things so that you can better discover him who's already present. You know? Right. Um, examples, I think, of this... uh one of the things that I do typically, like when I want to get in shape, the few times that we've had children and I've tried to get back into shape. Um, and you've successfully you get back in shape. Well done. <laughs> I'll slip you a five <laughs> later. Um, but the... Uh, like $5? $5. Dollars, $5. Or dollars, oh. five dollars. Okay. Um, but... it's pretty lame. Whatever. <laughs> well, I need a raise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> while we're here um but that I, I would do macronutrients like i would do um what do i call it if it fits your macros um anyway sorry i i can't think right now but i would plan out you know how many grams of each thing you know carbs fats and proteins and then i would work them all in um but At the time, I mean, I could eat the same thing every day for, you know, weeks. But the monotony changed for me when I started to see that I was attaining my goal. Right. And I mean, I think it's the same thing. As your heart tends to conform, then monotony no longer becomes monotony. Right. Um, Another example of it. And And the other thing is, is that monotony also helps you to achieve a rhythm that then becomes comfortable for you. Um, and then once that that rhythm has become comfortable, you realize that you can actually push yourself even farther. Mm-hmm. And uh, like for instance, I was telling Jason when we were talking about this, that um, when I played basketball, I was pausing for people to laugh because even though they probably never seen me, but I'm not very tall, I'm like five feet tall. Um, and when I say play basketball, I mean that I just shot the ball a lot. I wasn't really allowed to like put it on the floor, like dribble it, because someone would always steal it. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, did you hit those threes? But I did. I was a good three-point shooter. Um, and so I know that anytime that I was at the free throw line, and I'm sure a lot of people can attest to this, even people that play sports. Maybe when you were getting doing a penalty kick or getting a free kick in, in soccer, mm-hmm. you had a certain rhythm as you are right. approaching yep. your shot. A
0: certain you know. ritual, even, you know.
1: Right. When you enter the OR, do you have a ritual?
0: Right. Uh, well, I wash my hands.
1: Don't you spin around three times, <laughs> squat, <laughs> and then...
0: <laughs> no, but, I mean, you do, like, scrub a certain way, you know, because you've done it 100,000 times and <laughs> hold do your you hands. way. you row, row, row your
1: row boat while you...
0: I do not do that. Oh. No. That would be ridiculous.
1: What about um, R E S P C T?
0: Uh, <laughs> I will now. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think that would give you a good timing. I mean, that's what they do in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but anyway, there there is a certain monotony to those things. Like even when the kids get up in the morning, like every morning they have their clothes already set out. Right. Um, they eat breakfast. They, you know, you do those things the same way right. every morning. Right. I mean, silly, as silly as it is, like if you always put your pants on first every morning, it feels weird and off if you happen to put your shirt on first in the morning, right? Absolutely. And so there are things like uh, when I work out, I always like to chew a piece of gum. And if I don't chew a piece of gum or happen to leave the piece of gum in the car or forget to get it, it is weird for me for a few seconds. Right. And I have to mentally get over
0: it. Yep. Yep.
1: Um. So...
0: So there's beauty in it.
1: There is beauty in it. Yeah, and it's a way for you to not—not um, not only is a way of simplicity for you. Uh, it's a way to to kind of put aside the things that don't really matter. I mean, I remember talking to someone about uh, doing macronutrients for your, for your taking care of your food goals, um, and he was like, "Rachel, I just can't do it. Like, I just." I really like steak. and And I was like, you can eat steak. You just have to work it into your macros. And he was like, no, he's like, I just, why do you do it? Like, what, what's so great about it? And I was like, well, I said, you know, obviously in the beginning, it was really difficult. But then once you start seeing results, it gets easier. And then I said, and the other thing that I'm thankful for at that time was I was like, you know, I don't spend like Sip a percentage of my day just standing in front of the refrigerator or trying to figure out what I'm gonna eat. Right. Because it's now like a way of life and right. this is just how we do things. Right. Um
0: <clears throat> well and I'm gonna raise it way high and speak again from a theological level. Bluffing my um, pillow I mean um when we hear well, first of all, I, I pointed out to you earlier the word monotony starts with M-O-N, you know, mon, which we find that in the word monokos, which is the word for monk. And it, M-O-N, it means one or oneness, you know. When we think of it in terms of the monk, we always think of a monk like, yeah, one, like, you know, he's by himself, you know, as like a hermit, you know. Right. But actually, the real sense of monk is to be one with God you know and with everyone else um, we we would say that that monk because of his union with God and and uh, giving up s- sort of the you know desires of the flesh he becomes more of an actualized um image of God, you know, and right. is therefore more one with everyone else in the world than people who are right next to each other temporally, you know, right. um, to go from there, you know, I would, I want to talk about the fact that philosophically or theologically, when we talk about God, we talk about him as being pure, pure simplicity or purely simple, Um, And so from that standpoint, and what does that mean? That means, you know, all of his characteristics are one within him. There's no difference between his justice and his mercy. There's, um, you know, he is love. He is, um, I don't know, name any virtue. Those things are not separate in God. All things are one in him. Um, all of his attributes are one because he is pure act, you know. So in that when you when you look at liturgy or um, the repetitiveness of life, right. it makes sense, you know, um, because an ideal would be to get to the point where, we love completely all the time. Like, like for example, our, our lady who was perfectly disposed to receive the word made flesh in her womb. Um, as the, I know, Gabriel came to her and, and asked her to be the mother of the Lord. Um, she was perfectly disposed, um, all the time. Um, and so it was very simple for her, you know. Um, and I just feel like to become a fully actualized Christian, you have to um, get to the point where there, where you don't see repetitiveness as monotony. You know, you see it as as a glimpse of the never ending. You know of the eternal the perpetual love and bliss and happiness that we all seek and that our hearts long for, um that was a mic drop that was a mic drop that was a mic drop. A mic
1: drop. you dropped your mic sir <laughs> i
0: didn't I didn't have a stroke, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no, that was that was pretty profound, well done, but I think we should read that g. k. Chesterton yeah, one go one go one. for it uh this is g. k. Chesterton. Uh, A quote from Orthodoxy often quoted. um, Beautiful. Because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say do it again, and the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exalt in monotony, but perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them. It may be that he is the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we.
0: I love that. Gosh, man, it always makes me cry, Yeah,
1: especially the part where it says uh, it may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them.
0: It's so true. I mean, it's so beautiful. God's love is never ending, you know? It's just so profound. He is always longing for every single person listening to, the, you know, to everybody. He's always longing for you. He's always waiting for you. And uh,
1: we hope that you find thrill and monotony.
0: He, yep.
1: Because he's everywhere.
0: And he's our everything.
1: God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. And we can't believe we're 30 podcast in so we hope you'll join us for episode 31 and we're praying for you please pray for us god bless